if leaders really see it as their role to develop other people, you don't need a lot of outside help. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Hey, welcome to the show. So glad you're with us today. And our guest is Jennifer Mack, and she's a Forbes book author of a book that, uh, you know, I just about cheered when I read the title and dove into and went, yes, 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 a hundred times yes. And so what on earth was that? It's Leaders Deserve Better, A Leadership Development Revolution. So Jennifer is the author of Leaders Deserve Better, a leader of two consulting firms and a recognized leadership development influencer who's worked with management teams and all sorts of different industries for 25 years. Jennifer, welcome to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul. Thank you, David. It's so great to talk with another kindred spirit in this space. All right. Well, what is this kindred spirit? What are we talking about? We're talking about leadership development today. And, you know, in order to get us into the topic, into the book, I want to take you back to mm-hmm. your earliest memory of yourself as a leader. Sure. Yeah. And thinking about that, gosh, you know, um, takes me way back to, especially in sports, um, being captain of a team, something like that, or or really in college or grad school, working on a team, leading a team of of people for projects, things like that. And it's funny when I think back to those early memories and what I thought leadership meant at the time, which I think is partially, you know, what you're you're getting at with all of this, because it gets us to think about what did we think leading was back then? And for me, it was about maybe making decisions for a group or being in charge or, you know, um, trying some things for the first time that, that others maybe aren't as comfortable trying. And so even though those are components of leadership, certainly not what I have learned leadership is today. So earliest memories are, are of being a leader are what you thought leadership was in terms of being in charge or making decisions and so the, some of the earliest memories and obviously things have changed a little bit as, as you've grown. Yeah. And I think that, that when um, early on people raise their hand to, you know, to, to be in a leadership role, it, you know, they really don't have the skills yet. Right. So it's whatever they think leadership is and whatever drives them. And those that are driven to try new things or to say, I'll do it, aren't necessarily the best at leading people, which is really what it's all about. Quite a quite a conundrum there. And, and that is <laughs> why the topic that we're talking about today is so vital. So leaders deserve better. You're, you're taking leadership development as it has often traditionally been done in so many organizations head on and saying that doesn't work. Leaders deserve better. There's a better way. And yes. it's a better way that I and Karen, we certainly are invested in and believe in. But I want to dive into this uh, topic a little bit better. What what caused you to write Leaders Deserve Better and, and tackle this whole subject? Well, I just saw over the years, really, this was a, a culmination of many, many years of working with lots of different companies and seeing it done well and seeing it done poorly, doing it well ourselves and doing it poorly ourselves. So, you know, it's it's been one of those things where learning over a career of time um, and the excitement of, oh my gosh, I'm seeing some things stick. I'm seeing some things work. And when leaders are prepared, I'm seeing what organizations can do. 
And so it's really an excitement that drove me to writing the book and a desire to explain to especially CEOs and their teams why what's been happening in the past isn't preparing leaders for what they're in the middle of today and will be in the middle of in the future and giving a path for that. Because I think that if they knew there was a better way, they would do it. And, and so I, I think it you know drove me to write the book is I, I don't think people know that there's a better way. So I want everyone to say, stop, let's stop what we're doing today and let's let's talk about what works and what doesn't work and how to make that improve. And, and let's just define terms here for a moment because when you say what works, I think it's important that we're all on the same page about what do we mean when we talk leadership development in terms of what works? Right. It's really ultimately the simple answer would be readiness. If leaders of the existing organization is, are ready for what the company needs them to do in order to execute the plan. So if, if the, and, and the rest of their employees are ready to execute their pieces of the plan. That's really what development is all about is preparing us at our current stage to be the best we can, but also for the, the future, whatever that future is for each of us, getting ready for that and intentionally moving the dial and, and getting people to that place. All right, so if when we're talking about leadership development, if it's working, leaders are ready. They're ready to do what's needed for their teams. They're ready to do what's needed for the business. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. yeah, yeah, but it's a good point because you know, what, what, what is our target? What, you know, what, what are we aiming toward? And I think every leadership team would say people are important. They would say they're the reason we are successful or not. And it's important to prepare them. So, and, and I know I, I ask CEOs all the time, are your people ready? And they either say, no, I don't, I don't think they are, or I don't know. And that's what that's what boggles me so much. It's just like, where else in their business would they allow that to be the answer? I don't I, know. <laughs> I tell you, it's something, yeah, it is one of those same things that, that uh, obviously being in the leadership development industry, uh, such a, a felt, <laughs> a passion there, because, you know, like you say, you would never put, let's say a cashier, a frontline cashier, you would never put somebody like that on the cash register talking to your customers without equipping them to do that well and represent the, the brand, the business. Why on earth would you put somebody in a role where you're caring for your people asset, yeah. your, your, your human resource, literal humanity without the equivalent training? Right, and, and I think the statistic currently out there is about seven years someone's in a leadership role before they get any sort of development of what it means to be a leader and how to be a leader. If you're a customer service rep, you're going to get more training like yep. that for that role. And I think it's partially because these roles aren't defined. You know, everyone wants to move up. So if I want to move up, I'm going to take on whatever that looks like, which is usually leading something or someone. And, and yet, without definition, I don't know what that means. So I'm going to bring my own preconceived ideas of what exactly. to the table, which is- And so often those right. are, are pre, well, like you're saying, they're not, 
they're not effective because where'd they come from, right? It's, our, I mm -hmm. like to say it's our biology, sociology, or pharmacology. It's the biology is we got our fight, flight, flee, you know, types of reactions to stress and, and challenges. And so those keep us alive, but they're not necessarily super productive. Sociology, what did we learn? So what did I see another leader do, a teacher, a parent, whoever it was? And again, that may or may not have been effective. I might pick up some things here and there, but that's not organized. And then the pharmacology is, as I joke, that's our addictive responses to things. You know, if I, uh, you, you shared that your first time in leadership, it was, I'm going to tell people what to do. And it might have worked. <laughs> You might have got some results. And so that's addictive because, well, I'll go do, I'll try that again next time. And that's right. And we loop into those things. And so all of our kind of defaults, none of them work all that well. It's, you know, we get, it's no. why leadership development is so important. And there is practice behind it, there is research behind it to know what it takes to be successful in that. And yet it's not put into action often. Yeah. Well, here's something I know about everyone listening to this show you're listening to this show right now you care about leadership development you yeah, care about, true. if nothing else you care about your own leadership development uh, and that of your team and your people so let's get into what makes we know why it's important we know what success looks like in terms of readiness to lead so when we when we get into the leadership development the, one of the first things that you say in in the book and leaders deserve better is that the traditional ways aren't working. They don't right. work. So what are those traditional ways and why are they not working the way we would hope they would? Sure. So traditionally is both how we get that development individually. So that would be, um, we get them through lectures, through our schooling, we get that through reading, we get that through videos, or in-person types of delivery where someone up front is telling you things that you need to know in order to do your job well. Those are the types of things in terms of the way we've been delivering this information that are not working, are older. It could be universities are more on the philosophical side of things and not really practical. It could be the person delivering it. So we've learned a lot about how to deliver it. And I think even more importantly is what hasn't worked is for there to be a handoff to human resources, leadership development professionals, and say, this is yours, you make this happen. Because of course they have every intent of making it happen. They understand what needs to happen, how to do it. Because the way we, the leadership competencies we need, in my opinion, haven't changed all that much. We've always needed to set standards and of performance and coach along the way and guide and mentor and all of those human, things. Human beings haven't changed that much. So leadership right. hasn't changed that, but the context in which we're doing it has changed. Right, and so we can't hand that off. So leadership teams have to be accountable. That's the, so that's what hasn't happened and that's what needs to happen. So it's both the delivery of, of it, of the actual content has to be very hands-on, apply to that leader's current role right now. It has to be led by leaders and they have to reinforce it and it has to be reinforced and applied right away every and every day after. 
And they have to have a network of other leaders to learn from and work with and try things. So if all of those things are working, which sounds simple, but, but not so easy, then we revolutionize this work that we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. It really sticks. Yes, and I want to explore each of those principles <laughs> a little deeper because a uh, huge believer in them. And, uh, and we've seen the results. When organizations will invest in their leadership development this way, the way that, Jennifer, that you're talking, about they get the results, they have the readiness, and it's sustainable. It, it's not a, you know, it doesn't last for three months. It will sustain long past the, the time of the initial investment because it's in the DNA now. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Especially in, the, and, you know, I know we're gonna get into each one, but especially if leaders really see it as their role to develop other people, you don't need a lot of outside help because the, if the leaders know how to do that, then daily they're teaching their team to be better and better and get ready for the next things. And it's just this learning engine that will happen. Oh, I love, I, I, I'm starting to like jump up and down already. I'm trying not to because <laughs> then it'll make the sound. But leaders owning leadership development, I think is one of the most important principles in any sustaining leadership development practice you can have. So let's explore that a little bit further. What do we mean by, you know, leaders own it or, or le the way that you're, you say it is leadership development must be leader led. Right. So what does that look like in practice? First and foremost, David, it would be that leaders see it as their number one job. My number one job, no matter who I lead, what area I lead, doesn't really matter. If I see that my number one job is getting others ready and helping them reach their potential, that's what I mean by being led. So if leaders say my, you know, it's my job, not, not the accounting function that I lead or the sales function that I lead, but no, I'm leading and responsible for this group. And if, if I do my job in ready, preparing them, getting them ready for the future, then our company will succeed. So leader led is that they're responsible, they're held accountable for it. It's part of their job description. And that, that sounds basic, but if you look at a lot of leadership job descriptions, leading people, developing people isn't in there. It's not and they'll fair. say, oh, it's just implied. Well, it's not understood. Yeah. That's part of the problem, even if it is implied. And even if it is implied, are you equipped to do it the way you would be equipped to do your accounting function or the you know, whatever other responsibilities you have, you know, I, the, for me, the way that I was first introduced to this concept, as I think back, gosh, I, I early 20s, I was at a, a leadership development seminar of some kind. And I remember the person saying your number one job as a leader isn't to get the job done. It's to develop your people. And that kind of struck me and it made a lot of sense. A over the years, as I have run that by different folks, sometimes they struggle with that. Right. Uh, you know, see, I've heard CEOs say, well, yeah, but I need you to get your job done. <laughs> you know, right. and it's not an either or. And I think that's the the critical thing here. And around in Let's Grow Leaders around here, we say people, it's, you know, leaders are putting people before projects. It's not people instead of projects, it's the people then the project. That's exactly right. Part of the challenges that you're you're expressing is that they don't, they've been rewarded 
before they're a leader on their function, what they're good at. Then they become leaders, but they still, I mean, our natural tendency is to do things that we've been similarly, you talked about that, that habit that we have or the way that we've been rewarded before is what we're going to do again. And so if we don't see that there's a difference and we have to shift where we spend our time and what work we value and start valuing the people that report to us. And so we have, we have to be measured by it and we have to be compensated by it. And we have to understand it as leaders when we first become leaders. And I think that's what you're saying is missing often. Yeah. That it's a core part of your function. So you're taking a leadership role you have signed up to develop people. Now, that's scary for many people because I have a functional aptitude. I'm good at this work and I'm gonna lead some other people in doing this work. But understand that when you take that responsibility, you're taking that on if you're going to be good at your job. And whether your organization, if we're talking to frontline or middle level leaders, if your organization hasn't got there yet, take it on for yourself. You'll be more effective in the long run. Your team sure. will be more effective in the long run. You're going to get sustaining results. They're going to be better. And you're going to be ready for the next move that you want to make if you do that. So for the for the senior leaders who are listening and you're going, okay, all right, leader led, the accountability, it's all there. Where do we go next? If, yeah, leaders need to own the leadership development. They need to be accountable for it. How do I help get them there? Well, it really starts with the senior team. So it starts with them. So if, if you're saying, if we're talking to the senior team, I would say, take it on. Take this on as yours to fix and to improve. Um, if it's not a fixed situation, it's, we're always improving development. Um, so we've never gotten there where everybody's ready. Um, and work together and say, how do we take our business plans and connect it to our people plan? And what I mean by that is, okay, we, we have these goals and these strategies and um, things we're reaching toward. Then we say, well, what do our people need in order to be successful at that? And what do they not have? What are those gaps, right? Between where we are today and where we need to go. And then we need to fill those gaps so that they're ready to execute the plan because the thing that gets leaders on board often with understanding it's their job, with, with um, not only understanding, but getting excited about what they could do is if they see, oh, okay, if all my people are able to do more, it's execution power to the plan. So it's about being accountable for those results, not doing the things that lead to the results. So I would say, okay, you as a leader and you, you say, I've got to get 10% more productivity from my team. I've been given that mandate. What do you do? You see a lot of times leaders will work harder and longer hours and do some of the things. And they say, oh, only, you know, I can do these things better than anyone on my team. I'm just going to knock this stuff out. Okay, they've got 10 direct reports. What if they got each of them to be 10% more productive and efficient or whatever the case is that's, you know, man, that's exponential. Okay. So if they can do the math and see the, the data around that, and then they can see, oh, I see how that helps us execute our plan. That's when you've got them. If it's just all the soft talk about you've got to take care of your people, they get that, but they don't know how. So in the first principle that, that you 
dive into in the book as you lay out these four that you've been talking about, you just touched on this, is the people strategy connects to the business strategy. And that, you know, from a like the hard numbers standpoint, everything we're talking about is driving your business strategy. It's not separate from that. It's wholly integrated into it and helping every leader understand how leadership development directly relates and how their development of their team members directly relates to the output and the productivity and that that's their job, not doing yes. all the work themselves. Right. And that's why it's the first principle. It really is the most important. If they get that right, the rest will happen uh, much more uh, easily. And, and so it's partnering with HR, it's partnering with leaders, but it's setting the course as a senior team of this is important making it part of the plan. Ideally, there's not a separate people plan. It's part of your strategic plan. There should be a people function within all of the areas of your business. But then it's making sure that that gets connected into every person's job and that they know what that means and um, that there are resources there to help with those things. So that, that things that are getting in the way of it get removed. I mean, there's a lot of things a senior team can do to make sure it works that only they can do in partnership with human resources and the other leaders in the organization. So let's follow up on that a little bit because, yeah. okay, so the first two things, we wanna make sure that the the overall business, the people strategy is connected and integrated as a part of the overall business strategy and that leadership development is leader led. Just wanna dive a little bit deeper here because if I'm a, a let's say I'm a middle level manager um, leading a, a, a team, maybe I got two or 300 um, director uh, people reporting up through and you know I'm, I'm good at, at so many of those roles but gosh I'm not a trainer uh, no. I, I've never had that aptitude perhaps um, but I hear what you're saying about owning it what are the things that I should be doing or if I'm a senior leader listening and thinking about my people what does it look like for them to be helping this to be leader led, even though maybe the training or the actual like skill acquisition is happening alongside or with a third part. How, what does that look like? I'm so glad you asked that question because it isn't obvious what to do with that. And so, no, I am not implying that every leader needs to know every aspect of what to develop in their people, but that they're guiding the process that they are making sure that every individual has their own development plan. So the best thing that you could do is sit down and talk with your direct reports one-on-one -on -one about what they want in their future, um, where they are today, get agreement on where they wanna go, what those gaps are between their current job and them today, their future job and where they are today, and then, help them figure out how to get those resources they need. It could be through coaching. It could be an outside um, mentoring relationship. There's all kinds of ways people can be developing themselves or you could be helping them develop that isn't a program that the company puts on, which I still think is important that those things happen too. But let's just say your organization doesn't value it as much and doesn't put money and resources there as a leader, you can do that yourself. So that's number one is just having those conversations. Number two is really making sure everybody that reports to you understands their piece of the pie. So if the company strategy 
big picture, you kind of go over that and then talk with each individual about how do you make a difference? How do you help us execute? What is your role in all of this? If you connect every person to the strategy and to where the company is going, then they will be, it'll be obvious what they need in terms of knowledge, skills, abilities to do that, to do their piece. Um, but they get, they get excited about it. They get excited about their piece. And that's also our role as leaders is to, if we're leading their development, we're keeping them excited about where they are and being a part of the company. And you get everyone aligned, especially now, David, with all the changes going on in the world, we're seeing strategies changing much more frequently with our clients. And so this, these conversations have to happen more and more. So if leaders will have the conversation of what, what their people want, where are they going, what do, what do they want, how do they want to work, all of those things, create a development plan and help them put resources to getting there. And then lastly, connect them in to the company. You're really doing all that should be expected of you. Nice. And and every leader can do that. That doesn't take yeah. a, any particular skill set or training. You can do that wherever you are. You know, and the other thing I would add in is the follow-up uh, and the accountability. Because if someone is saying, hey, this is this is my plan, this is what I'm going to do, or you know that they're attending some kind of, you know, whatever it is, company-sponsored development, whether that's leadership development or any other kind of development, just follow up. Ask the questions. Hey, what tool are you using from that right now? Like, what's the what is the thing you're going to implement? How you know? There's so many different ways you can follow up on these kinds of conversations depending on the content. But from a if it's leadership development, as a leader, you're more equipped to follow up on those conversations uh, than just to be, or at least ought to be, than just about anything. And so you're able to encourage, able to hold accountable, and and that in and of itself. Uh, once you've done all those other things, that will leverages everything and ensures that people recognize, oh, wow, I'm accountable for this with my direct line of reporting. It's not a tangential thing. Correct. Right. You're, you're so right. And, and that's really what people need is that it's not a one-time event. Having this conversation, getting this plan together, and here you go, and, and kind of push them off to do those things. I mean, that's, that's really not what leading is. You know, to your point, it's a daily interaction. How's that going? What can I help you with? Um, how might you solve that differently next time? You know, it's a coaching on a daily basis that's required. And, and it really comes back to one of the things that I think is missing is allowing leaders to have time to do those things. That's what I hear the number one objection from leaders is I don't have the time. And, and that's just fraught with all kinds of challenges there, why they get to that place of, I don't have time. If that's their number one job, if they really believe it and they don't have time, hmm, there's a disconnect there. Yeah, so somewhere something has to change and it's, and there are different ways of diagnosing that. Could be poor time management, could be uh, that I'm managing my time in terms of, like you said earlier about all of the functional things that feel good. And I know how to, I know how to close that loop, check that box. And that's where I'm spending all my time. Could be I'm spending time trying to make everyone around me happy. Who's inviting me to every meeting that maybe I don't have to go to and saying, okay, wait a minute. If I'm going to succeed, if my team is going to succeed, 
you know, I have to create some of that and make it sacrosanct and, you know, invite you if you're listening and you're thinking, yeah, I do need more time to do that. I value everything you're saying. Start small, pick one hour in the next week, figure out when that's going to happen and, and, and carve out that hour. And if someone tries to schedule over, say, I'm not available. I've got, I'm, I'm doing the most important work I can do as a leader that hour. What else do you have available? And see what happens and at least start the conversation. I love it. Yeah, because otherwise it's kind of, you're leading on the side. I'll, I'll fit it in when I can, you know, as opposed to being a big chunk of, of your your role at that time. And, and often it's because they haven't developed the people that report to them to be able to do some of the things that they can do. And a lot of reasons, we've already talked about many of uh, those reasons of why they get to that place. Um, where their direct reports don't know how to do some of the things that they can do. So, and starting, you know, working on that, what is it that others should be able to do that I do? I'll even say practically, you know, a a big planner myself and, and just think it's super important. I can't imagine starting my week without knowing what am I going to do under kind of my big rocks of important things that are required of me in my role. Then you can fill in from there, but start there. And often I look at it and I look back a week and I look forward a week and I say, what did I work on that I didn't have to do? And sometimes that's okay. You like doing certain things. It's all right. But, but if you, if that's consistently what's gobbling up your time and you're not able to spend it with others, look back a week, look forward a week and, and just make different decisions on where you want to put it. If you have that flexibility. Absolutely. So Jennifer, after connecting the people strategy with the business strategy, the getting that integration and, and leadership development is leader led. One of the other elements that I think this is, again, so practical and so important, particularly talking to our HR leaders, our senior corporate leaders, anybody who is making the decisions about the kinds of leadership development that's taking place, you emphasize that people have got to be putting skills into practice in order for this to be effective. And A, something you already said that we are huge fans of too, and I just can't emphasize this enough, the practicality word. Uh, You know, if you're spending all day on models and theories and oh my goodness, (laughs) look, I love a good model, right? As do I. It's got to be, I have to be able to do something with this to make a difference. So it's gotta be practical, but then we have to have those opportunities to put it into practice. So. Share a little bit about what that looks like and the, some of the better ways to go about that when you're thinking through your leadership development process. Yeah, sure. You know, so when I think about the actual development itself, first, having to be practical, having to connect in for that leader and apply to what their everyday world is. So whatever that development is, to me, the way it can be reinforced, understood better, put into practice is that it actually applies to them right then. So giving them the leadership they need at their level, our individual contributors, and we start leading other people. There's some skill sets that you need and some places where you spend your time that has to shift. And then it shifts again when you start leading leaders, it shifts again when you, you know, lead a function and so on. So being intentional about those things, making sure that whatever they learn, they're they're doing the work while they're learning. 
they're there. So if they're learning about how to hire the best leaders, they're actually working on the open roles that they have and things like that while they're learning the concepts, while they're learning a model, and then they can apply it and try it right then while they're in the middle of a, a learning opportunity. Then they have to have a plan at the end of this learning that puts it into place that they then share. They go back in the workplace and they share with their boss. They say, here's what I've learned. Here's what I want to do. Here's how I, I intend to put it into action. And then there's follow-up after that with their boss. They then have reinforcement with their peers. So they are working with other people like them, trying to learn these things. And they're holding each other accountable or maybe having different coaching sessions with each other on what's working, what's not. All of that to say, if they can then put it into action right away, try things, fail at things, fix things, you know, just keep, keep working it. Those models just become second nature and they put it in action. If they don't put it in action right away, they go back to doing their job at hand instead. It's just Fine. gone. Just slide right back into the old Right. Room. It could be great information that they learn, great facilitation, but then it doesn't stick. And that's what we're talking about. How does this knowledge stick with reinforcement? So if you are a senior leader, an HR leader, and, and you just listen to everything Jennifer said over the last six or seven minutes, go back, rewind, or just, you know, push that button on the or who's rewinding these days, right? <laughs> Click back, listen to the last seven minutes again, because you just gave us a crash course in the application and sustainability phase of leadership development, turning it into the practicality today's tomorrow's and then ongoing in my career. And as I'm listening, I'm thinking, you know, that's great for our senior leaders. But if I'm a frontline supervisor, if you're a frontline supervisor listening, going, okay, this is all great, but I'm not building the programs. I'm just trying to take care of my own leadership development. You can do right. what Jennifer just said. Yeah. You can build that plan for yourself. You can go to your own manager and say, here's my plan. I want you to hold me accountable for this. Right. And as a, a new leader, asking up, what, what does it mean? What does success look like? I know that I need to succeed. My department needs to succeed. I know those numbers. I know what that looks like, but what does it mean if I succeed as a leader? How, how do you know? How will we know? Really get that common level set that of expectations. Because I always say to people, if, if you don't give them the target, how can they hit it? And, and that can mean so many different things to different levels, to different leaders. You know, So yes, ask for what that target is and put your own plan together for how you're going to make sure to hit that. But it's hard. It's not easy to think, oh, that's my job. I could, or I could do that. Put my own development plan together, but you can, right? You absolutely can. And I believe some of the most effective leaders do that. They're not waiting for anybody else, you know, to say, hey, this is how you're going to develop as a leader. They're taking responsibility for that themselves. And so if you want to be the best leader you can be, start by leading yourself. And that's what Jennifer's really talking about here with mm -hmm. this plan. So, you know, there's one other element of the plan that that occurred to me while you were talking, and that is you were saying, you know, you're going to share this, some of the new skills and strategies and things and, and efforts you're making with your boss. Great. Uh, with your peers in, in that kind of a situation. 
And it's also appropriate to share some of those things with your team, with your direct reports. You know, hey, listen, I'm working on my communication as a leader. Specifically, I'm going to try to be doing these three things over the next six weeks. If you see me fall on my face with these, feel free. I'm inviting you. Hold me accountable because I want to get better at this stuff. Boy, David, I wish I had put that in the book because I think that's a missing link that that is is critical is to be vulnerable, A, but get to ask for feedback on something that you're working on with your team. They're the ones receiving all of this, right? And and so I think that's brilliant that they that that that's an added piece of how you get feedback, not only from your boss, how am I doing, from your peers, how am I doing, but also from your direct reports. And sometimes there are formal things in place, but often not to get that feedback. And it's just, if you one-on-one ask somebody, what could I do differently in the next few months to help you to, to be better at my role? Whatever your question is, you will, people will start to believe, oh, they're really serious and they, they want this feedback from me and they start being more and more open with you. Yeah, now I, if they haven't had that experience before, it may take a minute. You might right. have to ask that, get real specific, choose something for, hey, I wanna make our meetings more effective. What's one thing I could do? Get, you know, just get as specific and targeted as you can. Whatever they say, say thank you. Say, let me think about that. And then package it all together and come back with a response and say, this is what I'm doing. Uh, and I'd love to, to know how this works over the next four, six weeks. And as people see that, to your point, Jennifer, even if they're hesitant, even if they've had bad experiences in the past, over time, that's your point, right? They're going to start to go, oh, wait a minute, you really mean this. That is my point. Yeah. And it's safe for me to give you that feedback because that's hard to give your boss feedback, knowing that they have power to make decisions about things. Um, but I tell you, most leaders that I've been around, I've been around thousands of them, they want to surround themselves with people who help them be better and they that they're they will push back and even, you know, slightly and just try and make everything improved. I think most leaders want that and most aren't getting that candor and feedback. So I think those are great ways to, to enable their direct reports to, to share. All right. Okay. So we've connected <laughs> our business strategy and our people strategy. We've got leader led leadership development. We've made it practical and people are and, and using the skills and applying what they're they're learning as we're thinking through building the, the the entire leadership development process so if i'm listening going okay i need to do all this gosh where do i start where to begin that's a lot if i'm not there yet or i have been relying on some of the more traditional one-way push info dump types of of development Take a deep breath. Where do we start? What do you recommend? It depends on what level of leader. So if you're a senior leader listening, start the conversation with your team. And I say your team is the team you're on. Your leadership team as a company leadership team, start the conversation, whether you lead finance, IT, HR, whatever your function is, Start asking the question, what are we doing? What's important in leadership development or in development of people? Um, what is, I mean, oftentimes there isn't even a strategic plan in place, let alone a people plan. So it just really depends on where you are as a company and as a team, but just start asking the questions, where are we? How important is this to our success? 
those types of things in your team meetings. And and while you're asking those questions, it can be helpful to have a tool to do that. And so Jennifer has got a fantastic tool in the book, page 175, called the Leadership Development Maturity Tool. And it's just a series of questions that really goes through each of the categories we've been talking about is, is your people strategy connected to your business strategy? And, and how well is that understood? And there are, you know, just strongly disagree to agree, strongly agree questions that will help you. And you can do that with your team. Right. Sit down and, and do that together. Um, you'll find the same thing for in terms of leadership development being leader led and how well that's understood all the way down. So it's a, a great resource, Jennifer. I just want to point thank that out you. for people. Thank you. Thank you. It was a way to get alignment too. of, does everyone see the importance of this and what, what areas are we doing well that we want to hang on to and where do we want to put some resources? And then it can be a check retaken again, six months, a year later to see, are we moving the needle at all? So it's, it's been great to get, that buy-in also, and to learn what those components are to success. So it kind of helps the whole team get there. So thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. Okay. So those are for our senior leaders. Now let's go yeah. down. Let's uh, let's work on some of our, our frontline or middle-level leaders. What Where do you recommend they begin? I would have them start with a reflection of where they're spending their time and what work they value at their in their role. So look at your job description, look at what uh, how how you're performing and what is enabling that and think about how to free up some of your time to spend with your team members one on one and as a group figuring out how to help them be the best they can be. So if this mindset of what it takes to be a leader and the number one job of a leader, if you can, if you can get there and figure out how to free up some of your time to work on this, that to me is the best starting place. And, and once you've freed up that time, you know, found some ways to prioritize that, the principles that you've laid out for us, I might implement them differently than I would if I were, you know, a senior HR leader building out our whole leadership development plan. But if I'm a middle level manager and I've got four leaders or four team leaders reporting to me, I still, and if you're listening and finding yourself in that role, you still can connect their development to the business strategy. You right. can still absolutely uh, help them take responsibility for the development of their people. It doesn't matter if nobody else in the company is doing it, you can do it. That's right. And you will see yourself being set aside, set apart uh, from the rest because of it. It's just not being done enough. And that's what your direct reports need. That's what the company needs. That is what will enable you to have greater success um, with the small amount of time we all have um, that we give to our careers. And investing in people always has the return on the other end. Your, your results will follow and you will have a line of grade A talent wanting to work on your team. Exactly, exactly. And that's really what we all strive for is that we have the best talent, the best results, and people look at you and go, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing differently? All right, we're talking to Jennifer Mackin. The book is Leaders Deserve Better, A Leadership Development Revolution. Jennifer, you've given us so much today and I know there's more in the book. Tell us where, uh, our listeners, where can we connect with you uh, and where can we find the book? 
go directly to jennifermackin.com. It's M-A-C-K-I-N, jennifermackin.com. You can get download a chapter of the book. You can see part of the assessment that David was sharing, Leadership Development Maturity Tool. Um, and you can see all kinds of things that I've written and done. So, so check me out there. Um, you can also get the book at any, any retailer as well. Wherever books are sold. All right. That's right. Leaders deserve better. Yes, they do. And uh, we, you know, Jennifer, just so appreciate your work and you're shouting the message from every treetop we can find because obviously uh, I believe that too. Leaders deserve better. And for everyone listening, uh, thank you for making the investment in yourself over the last bit of this conversation we've had. I know because you're doing that, that you're on the way to being the leader you'd want your boss to be. Jennifer, thanks again for being on Leadership Without Losing Your Soul. Thank you so much, David. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.